right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back for the week 11 edition of the Roster Watch Tradecast. My name is Byron Lambert, and this podcast is sponsored by our pro community at rosterwatch.com, where you can become a winner in just a few minutes a week with a pro membership. You can find this podcast on iTunes. Just search for Roster Watch on iTunes. You'll find the Tuesday Waiver Wire podcast, and you'll find this, the weekly trade cast uh, throughout the duration of the uh, season. And then in the off season, you can look for all of our NFL draft podcasts uh, as we take you through our travels and travails across the country from NFL off season event to NFL off season event uh, from university campus to university campus, all the way through the NFL draft. You'll definitely want to stick with us for that. Please guys, give us a follow on Twitter at rosterwatch. As some of you know, we, Frequently engage uh, on Twitter. And if you like this content here today, you can find much, much more of it there as well. In addition to the site, rosterwatch.com. I know you zoo animals have been getting a little bit antsy. It's past your feeding time on a Wednesday night. I, I owe you guys a big recap of the listener leagues. So that took... Quite a bit of time going through both of those, uh, kind of parsing out what's going on and what the rosters look like. But I got a good recap of those coming up later in the pod. Stick around. I think you'll definitely enjoy that. Two very competitive leagues uh, with a lot of great owners, you can tell. Very maniacal. And, you know, of course, this is the final edition of this season's trade cast. So it did require some extra... Uh, what should we call it? Diagnostic testing by the robot genius with his big new fantasy sensory probe. So with that, let's get right into it, folks. When it comes to Leonard Fournette and our leagues with trade deadlines nearing, I believe that we should be taking the temperature of Leonard Fournette and his unique situation in each league. He's got a relatively difficult upcoming schedule on paper. I think it likely makes Leonard Fournette a hold. Uh, but it's been a slow, slow few weeks for Fournette owners. And they, you, you might be seeing a tough upcoming schedule. So this is one of those guys that could be a buy low or a sell high, depending on the league that you're in. So there's no real clear instructive here other than take a few minutes to check out, check out Leonard Fournette in your league. See who owns him. See what that owner's situation is and the standings and with his roster. See if entering into any type of discussions for Leonard Fournette makes any type of sense uh, for you. The news finally came in today on Zeke Elliott that he is going to acquiesce to the suspension by the NFL and get this thing out of the way. You know, for the most part, we steered clear of this. Roster Watch Nation did. This is a big problem now for a lot of people. You know, obviously the really sharp owners, guys like the trash man that threw caution to the wind and drafted Zeke 
and got off to a huge start. You know, if they've been able to use the waiver wire cheat sheet, if they've been able to use this trade cast every week of the season and they've been able to cultivate some replacement options, they might be able to, they may still have enough gas left in the tank to take this thing home. Certainly, potentially a, a pretty big blow, though, or not even potentially, definitely a huge blow for owners who are otherwise un, unprepared to absorb the loss of Zeke Elliott. So in terms of the trade market that's taken shape for week 11 and beyond here, as trade deadlines near expiration in the next, I'd say, 7 to 14 days in most leagues, Zeke Elliott is set to return in week 16. It's a tough matchup with Seattle, but it's at home in Dallas. And, you know, Zeke is matchup proof. We all know that. So I see him right now potentially as a cheap pickup or a cheap throw in. And what I mean by that is there could be a situation where there's a team that teams that have playoff spots locked up that have good rosters and. They say, hey, what the hell does it hurt me to go ahead and make a trade for Zeke Elliott and put him on my bench? And you know what? I think I've got a pretty good shot at making the championship. If I get there, I'll roll Zeke Elliott out of my flex as a nuclear option. It's a creative idea. Maybe it's a stretch. It was some, It would be something that I would consider if I was a complete front runner in my league. I think you can get Zeke for a bag of peanuts right now. That could be a winning, a title winning move in week 16. Despite the fact that it's against, you know, Seattle. I don't care. On the other hand, if there is an owner that has value Zeke at all for those reasons in your league, maybe you're a Zeke owner and you need to make some moves now. Maybe he still has a tiny little bit of value as a throw in before you just completely cut him off your roster. I'd consider taking the temperature of that. You know, maybe there's somebody who grabbed Alfred Morris in your league that that isn't the Zeke owner. That might be a good person to just say, hey, you know, you, you have any interest in getting Zeke to just lock that Cowboys situation up from now all the way through the end of the playoffs? With a big boon down at the end. Four more Cowboys running back. DeMarco Murray got the two touchdowns this week. He's a pretty decent hold the rest of the way. You know, but if he's part of a deal for a premium player, I'd go ahead and ship him off high right now after the big game, coming off the big game. If I could get him get him in a deal from a premium player, this is a good time to do it with DeMarco Murray. Good hold, decent hold the rest of the way if we got to hold him. If we can sell him high, good time to do it. As opposed to, say, somebody like a Mark Ingram coming off the huge game, who I'm much more inclined to keep and ride the season out with. Julio Jones. You know, this thing's gotten better this week with Seattle, with Richard Sherman out. And he still does have two matchups with Tampa Bay to go.
However, Julio still does have Xavier Rhodes in the Minnesota defense, plus the New Orleans Saints twice on the docket. Certainly not a cakewalk down the stretch here for Julio Jones. Those Saints are coming twice. They've been very good against, against fantasy wide receivers. We know how Xavier Rhodes is. And look, the snap counts have become a real concern with Julio Jones. They have become a real concern. He was the number 60 wide receiver on the week in week 10 in terms of snap count percentage. I mean, he was an 85% guy. 85 plus percent guy. Exactly where you want your elite wide receivers to be operating for the majority of the season. This last two weeks... It did dip down to 72% snap count and then 66% snap count. And you just wonder, is something going on? Something been going on the last couple of weeks with Julio Jones. This is strange. You know, generally we'd say ride him out. Ride him out. Julio's the kind of guy you can ride him out and he's going to have some positive regression. At the end of the day, he's going to have his. Which means it could be a, it should be a massive, if that's the case, it should be a, a massive stretch of games for Julio Jones here, which in case, of course, we'd want to keep him. On the other hand, what do we do all this for? What do you do all this for if you're not going to look at the data if you're not going to try to make projections, it's like I said on the podcast yesterday, Jerry Jones has a terrific quote that at the end of the day, mo people are 50-50 in their decision-making for the most part. It's the people who recognize the good decisions earlier and ride those out longer and the people who recognize the bad decisions quicker and get out of them faster. That The people who can do both of those are the successful people in the world. The consistently successful people in the world. So, can we read the tea leaves with Julio Jones? What can we make of this? I'd say most people are going to be too chicken little to ship him off. But look, if he's not winning you games, and you're in a, you, most people, a lot of people, judging by these leagues that are log jammed, you know, a lot of teams one and two games out from second and third place in these leagues. You might have to make a move to restock your. You got to win this week. You got to win this week. I'm to the point where usually Julio Jones is an untouchable, but he's at least on the table right now, which is unusual. And given everything I know about this season with Jones, I'd like to write him out, but I'm not married to him. So if I have to win this week and there's a situation that makes sense, I, I'm not going to have a lot of cognitive dissonance about shipping Julio Jones off. Of course, it's going to be for the right deal. I mean, you got to get good players here in return. You got to get what you want. But he's on the table. Julio Jones continues to be on the table. And what do you see? You know, when somebody continues to be a buy low, when do we say that that's just they're they're not just a buy low. They're, they're That's just what they are this season is underperforming relative to expectations. He's a guy we'll take our chances for so we can get on the other side of the fence. If if we have the ammo 
this is one of the few times Julio's available, we'd still be happy to look at him if it was the right situation. But this is something we certainly need to be considering with Julio Jones. Something seems like something's going on the last few weeks. It's been very odd to see him at 72% and 66% snap counts the last two weeks. Versus somebody like maybe an Antonio Brown, who is a 95% snap count guy and continues to be every week of the season. You know, we obviously have real concerns about Big Ben. I mean, even my mom, who's a pretty casual football watcher, walked through the uh, living room the other day uh, while I was watching the Steelers, and she says, what's wrong with Big Ben? Everybody can see it. Something's clearly wrong with him. But by the way, I continue to be really high on Juju Smith-Schuster, who I was very high on last week, and I'm bullish on the rest of the way. You know, and, and to circle back on Antonio Brown, I guess, for a second here. He might be on the table as well. He very well, this could be one of the very few times he's on the table. And like I said, we have some potential real concerns about Big Ben, but you love his 95% snap count. So let's say we have, you know, there could be owners that view Antonio Brown somewhat similarly to Julio Jones right now. And they're fairly mistaken given what we know about the snap count. So... If Antonio Brown's on the table, we're certainly looking at him. We're worried about Big Ben, but we're absolutely looking at him, especially in any kind of PPR. This has been the number one guy in all of PPR the last few years. More than likely, you're not going to get Antonio Brown off of somebody's hands right now, but it's been slow for Antonio Brown owners. It's been slow. And if they're struggling to make the playoffs right now, this might be that right time to strike. Vulture him up and get him onto your team. You know, we talk about Julio and Brown. But I think Mike Evans, in comparison, is just a complete hold. He looks like a complete hold to me. Mike Evans does. You know, none of those players, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, they're not usually available. So what I'm telling you guys here is maybe Julio, maybe Antonio, maybe even Evans. Maybe they're available right now. Maybe. But just don't go don't go crazy on them. Don't go crazy on them. I'm going to double down on Shady McCoy and I'm going to buy him lower than I could have last week. Maybe we were one week too early. Uh, but I like a rebound for Shady McCoy with Nate Peterman taking over at quarterback and the juiciest part of the schedule yet to come, the part of the schedule we were trying to get out in front of. Shady McCoy dipped into 50% snap count territory. Very, very scary. But 
Similar to Julio Jones, what you look at with him is it's the last two weeks that have submarined his snap count average and is really the 50% of this last week that hurt him bad. You can see these averages and these trends on the brand new snap counts, touches, and targets tools available to our pro subscribers at rosterwatch.com. It's really nice to be able to dr quickly drill down into this data and identify what's going on with these players. And uh, like Julio Jones, there's, a, there's something concerning going on with LaShawn McCoy here. The last couple of weeks, I happen to think it's just been the abysmal play of the offense. And just just, just kind of taking their foot off the gas of LaShawn McCoy there. But I just cannot imagine a plan where they're going to put Nathan Peterman in and not reassert LaShawn McCoy as the centerpiece of this offense. That may be what McDermott was thinking last week, is that this thing has gone, jumped the shark with Tyrod Taylor. This game's out of hand. I'm already thinking about getting Peterman in next week, which is probably means the rest of the season. Let's get Shady McCoy a little bit of rest while we can. No apparent injuries with LaShawn McCoy. I worry about those. Even though he's a guy that does get pretty nicked up, a lot like Julio Jones, I'm I'm a little more worried there's something under the radar going on with Julio in terms of injury status than I am currently about LaShawn McCoy. Nothing reported reportedly going on uh, with him. But I'm doubling down on Shady McCoy, and I'm buying him this week lower than I bought him last week. DeAndre Hopkins, I still don't trust him. If you're a Hopkins owner, you're fortunate that he's put up two respectable weeks these last couple of weeks. I I don't trust that it's going to continue. And I would certainly sell him while the appearance of his value still matches what he was doing on the season. which was outstanding. DeAndre Hopkins has been the number one fantasy wide receiver, at least in standard on the season. I know from the some of the stats I was looking at earlier. So he's put up the respectable numbers the last few weeks. I think he's gotten you off the hook, guys. If I've got Hopkins, I mean, look, if you've got to hold Hopkins, it's fine. He's playing, it's fine. It's DeAndre Hopkins. You know, again, when we're talking about players like this, in this segment of the podcast, this is these are guys we're only going to trade for more reliable, ultra-premium options in the return that have good schedules for the playoff run here. But DeAndre Hopkins, I still don't trust him. Of course, a lot of you may have to ride him out, and he's been an awesome player for you this year. But uh, I think we've gotten lucky with the production the last few weeks, the fantasy production. And it would be wise to strike while the iron's hot. Sammy Watkins, the same thing. His his production completely. Uh, this production the last few weeks is miraculous, unsustainable, and unpredictable moving forward. The targets aren't there. The deception of the fantasy production is though. 
I don't think most of you play with complete suckers in your league, so Sammy Watkins isn't probably getting you a whole lot. But the name recognition and a couple of big games in a row make Watkins valuable enough that you could put him in a throw-in in a multiplayer deal for an elite premium player. I mean, what if you took Sammy Watkins and DeAndre Hopkins and you traded for Antonio Brown? What if you took Sammy Watkins and DeMarco Murray and traded for maybe a Leonard Fournette or maybe one of the next guys we're going to talk about, a Kareem Hunt? I don't think that'll get it. That wouldn't get it done for Kareem Hunt. But Kareem Hunt, he's not a buy low, but he is a buy. He has a great schedule for a second half resurgent, resurgence after leveling out. And we love his touchdown dependency. You can see that on uh, the touchdown dependency tool for our pro subscribers that goes up every Tuesday of the week in the download section. You can quickly see that as one of the top producers in the league at the running back position, Kareem Hunt is one of the least touchdown dependent to do that. Meaning that his, his fantasy production is much more predictable and much more reliable on a week-to-week basis. We trust Kareem Hunt a whole lot, and we like his schedule. He's not a buy low. You're not going to get him low, but he's a buy. We're throwing around some big names here. These are guys you might be able to get things done for. Would I trade DeMarco Murray and DeAndre Hopkins for Kareem Hunt? I'm not sure. I'd consider it. Would I trade DeMarco Murray and Sammy Watkins for him? Absolutely in a New York minute. Is Demarius Thomas a sell? We've been off. We've been just... We have been so cold. We have been ice cold on Demarius Thomas for two years. We've been at Broncos camp the last two years. We've told you guys you're going to be praying for seven points and standard out of this guy the last 24 months. It's been a, a nightmare. And we've certainly been looking for any opportunity we ever can to get his value up and ship him off for better, more reliable players. I tend to think he's a sell high when he's put together a couple of good games like this. On the other hand, he does have a good schedule if you look at it coming up. Maybe, I'm not sure how he's valued in his in your league. Maybe he's not valued enough because of the situation in Denver and just because of a, his recent production. But it does appear there could also be a little bit of a baby renaissance going on for Demarius Thomas in his... Uh, being reunited with Brock Osweiler. So is Demarius Thomas a sell? Or is he a guy having a baby renaissance with a good schedule in front of him? I'm not completely sure, and this may depend on your league. Go, I'd go at least, as I'm listening to this podcast, I'd pull up Demarius Thomas, see who owns him, and see what's going on with him in my league. And I'd, I'd see if he made sense for me to pursue. I wouldn't hate him in... PPR is some kind of low-end flex edition here at the end of the season, and I'm not a fan. And I'm not a fan. Become a winner in just a few minutes a week with a pro membership at rosterwatch.com. 
I'm still confident in Adrian Peterson. We knew. We said it last week. The schedule was tough. You know, the volume is there, though. A 20-touch Adrian Peterson, a 20-plus touch, it could be 30 touches in some games. I'm confident that in the end, when you give Adrian Peterson that many touches, there could be some down games, but there's going to be plenty of, plenty of production along the way. And for most people, he's there. He's going to be there. He's a flex. He was acquired on the waiver wire a, a month ago. He's their flex. That's why... I'm still confident he's going to win a lot of people, help people, a lot of people win their leagues down the stretch. He's got the return game at Houston this week. Are you kidding me? A Houston return game from where Adrian Peterson is born and raised in a game script that should favor a big monster out of Adrian Peterson, a, a, a Cardinals-Houston-Texans game script that absolutely should set up for plenty of carries and touches for Adrian Peterson. Maybe he's a buy low after the stinker in your league last week. More than likely, he's somebody's flex, and they view him as pretty good, you know, option to have in the flex down there. So probably a hold. But still confident, still confident in the volume that Adrian Peterson's getting. In the end, if he gets all that volume, there's going to be some big games down the stretch for him. Robert Woods, it's been a plenty good player. Ride the trade if you want to. But he's the absolute definition of a sell high. This is the by far the highest value has ever been in his career. He's good right now. But he is absolutely a sell high. He's got Minnesota, New Orleans, and Arizona coming up. I don't expect him to necessarily get shadow treatment from those teams. But those are good defenses against fantasy wide receivers. At least something to look out for. His value's through the roof with respect to the his overall scouting report and status as a player. And he has at least above more difficult than average schedule to come for the next three weeks, the next three critical weeks, the the finale of the regular season in most of our leagues where we, a lot of these are division games, uh, depending on how your league was set up, uh, where you've got to get wins in your division in order to get into the playoffs, you know, and then in these leagues that are so tight, a lot of these, these people are going to be left out of the playoffs by one, you know, it's going to be a seven and six team that makes it in this, or it doesn't make it in an eight and five team that makes it. It's going to be one game that makes a difference. There's a lot of teams that have really got to win out here. So we can't just, you know, we got to look at the next three games very seriously. And that schedule's not on paper, at least, easy for Robert Woods. I'd certainly sell him high if I could. Kelvin Benjamin, if he has retained a semblance of name value and hype about the trade to Buffalo post Nathan Peterman announcement today. I'd be willing to part with him in a, as in a multiplayer deal. You know, throw him up in there with the DeMarco Murrays and the DeAndre Hopkins. You know, see if you can get the Fournettes and the Cream Hunts of the world, the Antonio Browns or the Julio Jones.
Corey Davis is absolutely a buy low right now. People are donkeys. They just don't understand. They don't know what kind of pro. Maybe I can't blame them. They just simply don't know what kind of prospect he is. And people look. This is why we have roster watches to boil all this data down and provide it in a very simple, instructive way to digest it. Because we know that people don't have time to drill down into the data like like we do. So, you know, maybe I can't blame those people for not understanding what's going on with Corey Davis. They've just they've listened to the hype all season. The production still hasn't been there on paper. The matchups don't look really good on paper moving forward. You know, but the snap counts, the targets, the high value targets, they're all there for Corey Davis. They are all there and he is too good of a player. I'm still very confident in Corey Davis. And when I say a buy low, I mean he should be a buy really low in your league. Because somehow he was still on 50% of waiver wires just yesterday, which was absolutely preposterous. He'd be a nice ad in deep competitive leagues from an owner that doesn't value him. Another wide receiver, Keenan Allen. He's a buy low. He's got a good schedule the rest of the way. It's been a tough sledding for him here. Uh, recently, after a decent start, I just very confident in a guy like Keenan Allen. He's going to get his uh, along the line here, and it looks like Rivers is probably on track to play this week. Obviously, that's going to be very important that he uh, does not uh, fall victim to the concussion protocol. And if he's a go, Keenan Allen is a buy low, guys. He's a guy we'll take our chances with. Can I promise you huge production down the stretch? No. For what it costs to move in on him right now, does the risk... Or does the reward outweigh the risk? Yes. And those are the kind of calculations that get you further in life. Take calculated risks, and Keenan Allen is, I mean, in terms of is as safe as safe gets when it comes to taking calculated risks. Never forget, after Latavius Murray has a big game to sell high, we still are on the Jarek McKinnon side of things. It's going to go be a seesaw that goes back and forth. I'm definitely still on Jerick McKinnon's side of things. We have no love, affinity, or attachment to Latavius Murray coming off the big game. If I can lump him in with the DeMarco Murrays, the Sammy Watkins, the DeAndre Hopkins, the Robert Woods, the Kelvin Benjamins, if I can get Latavius Murray into that group and get some of these premium players, squeeze those out, of these other owners here down the stretch, I'm doing it before trade deadlines expire this next seven to really probably 10 days coming up here. Uh, definitely Latavius Murray, a guy that anytime we have a chance to sell him high, we absolutely do. For access to more tools and content like this, come join our winning community with a pro membership at rosterwatch.com. All right, guys, I promised you there would be an update 
as we race as we wrap up the trade cast series i promise you there would be a big update for the listener leagues i've done a deep maniacal dive into both of those and uh i just want to say we appreciate all of our pro subscribers all of the listeners of this podcast and everybody who's made all of this work possible we are a self-sourced fantasy football intelligence community. Uh, Alex and I simply spearhead the campaign. You guys are the ones that make it possible. And we love going out hunting for you guys and bringing things back. For sure. And we know that some of our most maniacal and some of our most loyal subscribers, pro subscribers at rosterwatch.com, where you can become a winner in just a few minutes a week with a pro subscription. They wanted to start the listeners leagues this year. They wanted to create the listeners leagues and they wanted to duke it out with each other to see who the real kings of Rosterwatch Nation were. We are nearing the end of the season in both of those. And we're going to begin with a deep dive into the Banana Hammock Boys League. Because we got to we got to, to talk a little bit about Cockamamie Business League with the mid-season update of about, I'd say probably a month ago at this point. The Banana Hammock Boys League has not gotten any love. So I've got an extensive breakdown for you guys here. First of all, I love the team names. The Jimmy John's team name takes the hoagie, takes the cake. I love that. Jimmy John, that's a great team name. That's a maniacal roster watch team name. I absolutely hate that there are two teams in the Banana Hammock Boys League that are named in the trash man's light. (laughs) Alex and I are the ones who do all the fucking work. Jesus. Trash man! The boiled peanut twister. (laughs) That sounds like one hell of a frightening finishing move. And he's no front runner. His team is maniacally sick out in first place in a super flex league where he's been rolling hot with Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, and Russell Wilson all season. Obviously taking a lump with the injury to Deshaun Watson, and a lump now to even appears to Dak with the loss of Zeke. Although I tend to think that Dak is going to make up for it. It just might be some more inconsistency here. I think we saw it this last week. So the peanut twister is going to have to... I guess hope that Dak continues to come through for him. But, you know, it brings up a good point when I look at his roster. Really, on this season, the difference, these leagues are all so close. When you look, when you look at the touchdown dependency reports that our pro subscribers have access to in the download section of the site at rosterwatch.com, these are the weekly reports that come out every Tuesday that give us a fantastic summary of the entire landscape of the league in terms of all fantasy players and all wide receivers, all running backs and a real breakdown of their production on the, on the season. And, you know, of course that's where we derive our proprietary, you know, touchdown dependency metrics that we created back in 2011. 
And when you look at it, it's just been an unspectacular year for most fan- fantasy players, really. And when you boil it down, it's, you know, just like the boiled peanut twisters are boiled down. <laughs> you know, he's had Dak, Deshaun, and Russell Wilson. The difference this year has been the quarterbacks in fantasy. And it's the people who randomly ended up, and I don't want to say randomly, because actually by design, we had a few of these guys in there by design on the draft cheat sheet. People who ended up with Carson Wentz. People who ended up with Jared Goff. People that ended up with Deshaun Watson. And the, those are, in a large part, are the teams that are out in front right now in fantasy leagues. You know, Wentz was a guy that we had built into the cheat sheet as kind of like a safety valve if you got into trouble in the late rounds. I know several of you guys got him. Deshaun Watson, we didn't even have Tom Savage on the draft cheat sheet. Deshaun Watson was was the Houston Texans quarterback we had on the cheat sheet as we were confident he'd be starting and playing. In short order over Tom Savage, we knew he was a much, much better player. If you've had Russell Wilson, that's been big this season. Obviously, if you've had Brady and Cam, those guys have been pretty strong in spots. Other than that, it's been a few of the running backs. You know, Todd Gurley and Kareem Hunt got some teams off to monster starts. Still two really solid players down the stretch to own, but they've definitely leveled off. The players like the Trash Man who took the gamble on Zeke. If you've built the rest, if you've managed the rest of your roster properly throughout the season, you know, that was a good move. That's turned out to be a good move. If you were a an, an expert quality owner, Leonard Fournette to some extent has really helped some teams to get to the top of their standings, and then I I guess Melvin Gordon may be in some spots did the same, but for the most part, it's been the quarterbacks guys that made the difference this season, and <laughs> big surprise maybe some unsuspecting ones with Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, and Deshaun Watson. We were all over Russell Wilson. You guys know it after we came back from Seahawks training camp. I told you he was going to have the biggest season of his career fantasy-wise and just offensively, and I, we're seeing that manifest. Russell Wilson is having a monster right now. All right, let's continue with the Banana Hammock Boys League breakdown heading into week 11. There's a huge logjam in this league from spots uh, number t- 2 through 10. I think these standings are about to get completely turned on their head down the stretch here. The points are very, very close in this league. It tells me it's a highly competitive league. And after reviewing the rosters, my favorite squads to watch as a threat to the boiled peanut twisters, who's the clear front runner with a maniacally and diabolically sick team. You know, I was going to skip over the number two. The team currently in the number two standings, Get Nuclear, a great team name, by the way. I was about to skip right over that team when I kind of took first glance at the roster. I said, you know what? I got to give props. I've got to give props to this owner. I can tell that this owner is a really hard worker in his fantasy leagues and also very sharp. Just, I can just tell by the players he owns. And by the construction of his roster, that's the kind of player this owner is. 
So I want to give them props. And actually, the more I looked at it, the more I thought that get nuclear in the number two seed. He has a sneaky chance of patchworking this thing together for a big run down the stretch. Uh, if he can exercise uh, some acumen and get a little bit of luck here. Expert quality, another terrific team name. If he can shore up his tight end situation, he has an outside shot in the Banana Hammock Boys League here down the stretch. Jimmy John. If Julio Jones and Jordan Howard can pick it up, you know, this is a team anchored by Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz with Andy Dalton at a super flex. I, I, Dalton this week at Denver, not, I'm, you know, we've seen Denver breaking down on the defensive side. I don't, it's not a slam dunk at Denver for Dalton this week, but I like Dalton down the stretch here, especially at his, his uh, super flex. This is an interesting squad that Jimmy John has. If Julio Jones and Jordan Howard can pick it up, they're big ifs. Big ifs. But if those guys can, that can be really nasty on top of a Carson Wentz-Sackerts combo with an Andy Dalton heating up at the Superflex down the stretch. Jimmy John is a sneaky one to watch here. And, of course, the disgusting trash man, trash man truthers who I absolutely despise for being any kind of supporter of the trash man. Look, for somebody who's lost Dalvin Cook and now looks like he's going to miss out on Will Fuller at a critical juncture after kind of Will Fuller taking a hit with Tom Savage anyways, I think the trash man truther, uh, if he plays his cards right, he has a real chance to climb the rankings down the stretch. Uh, but he's going to need some help from <laughs> the Buffalo Bills because I believe he owned Kelvin Benjamin and LaShawn McCoy. So there it is. That is the recap of the Banana Hammock Boys League, who we thank you guys so much for participating in this year. It's been fun for us. It's been fun for you. I'm going to talk to the trash man. I'm going to talk to Alex. I'm going to see if maybe we can get – we need to get a vote on what the trophies are, what we're going to do. I've been thinking of the golden – trash can and the golden woolly monster as the two trophies for this league but I'm not sure I'll have to get with my two cohorts to get that thing figured out and of course before we get out of here we would never do that to you guys without giving you a recap of the cockamamie business league the other listener league uh, the playoff picture is a little bit firmer in this one we broke it down earlier in the season. The tiptoe burglars have been waxing that ass at nine and one. That's a huge feat going nine and one in a ridiculously tough league. But he's lost Devontae Freeman to a concussion, and now he's lost Zeke. Tiptoe burglars could be vulnerable. Could be vulnerable. Anything can happen when we get in the playoffs. This is going to be the most vulnerable he's been all season. And the the guys that I like to Take their best shot at toppling the tiptoe burglars for the real crown, the playoff crown, beast-like Lynch. I know that Curtis and Samuel injury, that one sucks for you. And I'm a little bit worried that as trashy as it sounds, that that Curtis Samuel injury could be piv- turn out to be pivotal, pivotal to your season, given your roster. But other than that, Beast like Lynch has a real shot to take this thing hold down, this whole thing down behind Le'Veon Bell, Leonard Fournette, and Jarek McKinnon. That's a strong, strong running back core and a 
really difficult league. Uh, the cockamamie business league, beast like Lynch, putting a beastly fantasy playoff roster together. A very adept member of Roster Watch Nation. One one man's trash, of course, in the spirit of his name, has been riding high on Marquise Lee and Isaiah Crowell. And I know that sounds totally and completely trashy. But if by chance those two guys, Crowell and Lee, sustain this production or a semblance of it, one man's trash has a real disgusting shot here, guys. I hate to say it. Trash man's Fonzanoons and Punch Pie. I think both of you guys have sneaky good rosters and have a shot at making a real move here down the stretch. And with the biggest shot at a suck-out upset to come out of left field and knock all you fuckers out with a pretty fucking stacked roster, guys, I say y'all need to be nervous and you need to watch the fuck out for Friggity Frack. This is the time to take him out right now and make sure he doesn't get into the playoffs because if he does, you might want to be nervous. Guys, I want to take this time to extend my personal gratitude to each and every one of you for being loyal and maniacal listeners, followers, and subscribers of the Roster Watch Nation. We do all of this work for you guys. Like I said, we simply spearhead it. You guys are the one that make it possible. This has been our dream. This is our identity as fantasy winners. When we're not fantasy winners, we don't even know, we don't recognize ourselves. We don't even know who we are, and this is why we were so driven. Three hundred and sixty-five days a year, starting at the Senior Bowl, before the NFL season has even expired. Scouting for next fantasy season, we'll be heading to the Senior Bowl at the end of January. Uh, to go, guys, go get you guys a whole other round of fantasy intelligence that just. Simply, nobody else has it. We want and we have fantasy intelligence that nobody else has. That's the way our community does it. That's the way our pro community at rosterwatch.com does it. And that means that we've got to get out and put boots on the ground from January through August, from the Senior Bowl to the NFL Combine, to all the university pro days, through the NFL Draft, mini camps, and then the huge training camp tour. This is how all this comes, comes together. And we are so fortunate to have such a fantastic and terrific group of followers uh, to make all of this possible. Guys, we cannot thank you enough. Please, if you like this content, support our efforts with a pro subscription at rosterwatch.com. It is the biggest compliment you can pay us. It is the greatest thing that you can do for us. We're trying to take this company to new levels, and I can promise you, as the CEO, as the managing partner of this company, that we will always promise to continue to do more, better, bigger for Roster Watch Nation. And when you invest in us, we are reinvesting it right back into the community. We never get tired of winning.
and we would please like to ask that you do support us throughout the off season. We are very grateful for all of your support. Um, it would make a huge difference if you would continue to follow us in the off season and support us in the off season. We cannot thank you enough, Roster Watch Nation. Uh, there will be a huge series of waiver wire podcasts coming up to finish this regular season of fantasy to take us through the fantasy playoffs. And of course, we will then head into the epic, the legendary off-season travels and travails of Roster Watch Nation that give us the fantasy intelligence that nobody else has that makes us fantasy winners. Until next time, Roster Watch Nation, Godspeed. Feelings. I just catch pitch on that trade floor. I make my trades flip. That's one trade that I just made. Your whole mother and father's wage slip. I leave West End with a few expensive bags. I be selling stocks and then I buy it back. Then I hit the clubs and then I ball out. I got the tax man thinking I'm supplying crap. But I'm at the same place sitting at my desk. Trying to buy the dollar and then I sell the yen. Exit the trade and then I take the profit. Then I ball out with my nigga tunes again. I